So, uh, listen, it is so good to be back here. God is moving in major ways behind the scenes that y'all don't know about. Hello, WOC. God is about to wake you up, not only in the physical world, but in the spiritual world. Y'all just hold on. Be patient with God and don't ask your pastor too many questions in the next few weeks. Okay? Just hold on and watch the salvation of the Lord for WOC. Because God is about to take you somewhere. Oh, I feel like something. I'm telling you, God is about, no, he's not about to do it. He is actually doing it. It's in the works right now. Are you hearing me, WLC? God has seen the wonders of your labor, and he's going to reward you in ways that you never knew about. And let me tell you, it's time that WLC grew up in Jesus. Amen. Are you hearing me? It's time to put on your big church pants. Hello. And get ready. Because God got a work for you. He has a work. And that work is not going out to church folks. That work is going out to lost folks. Amen. God did not call the righteous. Jesus said, I did not call the righteous to repentance. But who? Sinners. We spend too much effort trying to appease are y'all hearing me? We spend too much effort trying to please church folks. That's right. If they are really saved, you won't have to put a whole lot of effort in them. Exactly. What they'll do, they'll join on board and say, what can we do to help that one across the street that don't know Jesus? Right. What can we do to help the kingdom grow? Amen? That's what this is all about. That's why Genesis the Revelation was written so that the kingdom of the living God can grow. Right. Not so church folks can sit up in a place called church and feel happy. And then go home and say, boy, he showed preach today. Then you go home and say, but what did he say? <laughs> Hello. But what did he say? And so I thank God for Brother Richard. I have, I told some other brothers, the Gideons were there yesterday. And some of them, you know, they denoted some of the Bibles here. And I was talking to them and I was saying, listen, I have never seen a man so hungry for lost souls to be saved than this man. And what's really sad, the big, the big fancy churches don't want his kind in the church because he'll wake them up. <laughs> Hello. He'll wake them up with the truth of the gospel. Amen. Amen. His method is nothing but scripture. It's not about how fancy the band can be and the choirs and all that other stuff or how fancy a person can talk. The gospel speaks for itself. It is the power of God unto what? Oh, somebody ain't been reading their Bible. We got to go, oh, Romans 1.16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of who? Jesus Christ, boy, is the power of God unto what? Salvation to all who believe, beginning with the Jew and then with the Greek, which means Gentiles. Okay? So when you preach this blessed book, guess what's going to happen? Things in the heavenly realm are going to open up. And demons would even flee at the word of God. Amen? Strongholds are broken. When the word of God is preached. Amen. 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 
Remember what the Apostle Paul said to the church in Corinth. He said, I didn't come to you with what fancy word or persuasive words or words of men's wisdom. He said, I came to you with what? With the power of God and of the word of God. Demonstration by what? The Holy Spirit. Amen. That's what we need, folks. We need good old-fashioned church messages that the power of God goes out and touches people that make little children want to get up and sing from the top of their voices. Glory to the Lamb of God. Come on, somebody. Because God is what? See? That's what I'm talking about. The Word of God will make even a babe shout. Hallelujah. It's good to see you, Crystal. God bless you. And so let's, let me tell you something. The Word of God has not changed. Right. We've changed. But the Holy Ghost said, get yourself back to the old time way and preach the gospel. Y'all ready to hear God's word? Yeah. Are you ready to hear God's word? Yeah. Yeah. It's not Sammy Nelson's word, amen? But Jesus' word. But before we can do anything, the Lord Jesus Christ said, without me, you can do nothing. So we must go before the Lord Jesus and ask for his help. This is his house. And he said his house is the house of prayer. That's right. The house of his father, the house of the Lord God. Okay. And Shelly then was singing that song so beautiful. Sing hallelujah. You know what that means? That means praise Yahweh. And then they came up with the next line saying sometimes what? Praise the Lord. Essentially, both words mean the same thing. Okay? But, but, but when you're singing that, understand who you're singing to. You're not singing to a person that seemed to be out there somewhere. You're singing to God Almighty who's sitting up on the throne. Amen? Amen? And when you sing to your God and our God, guess what? He listens. That's right. And I'm telling you, I believe the floor before, you know, where God sits at, I believe it got little dents in it where he, he stumps his feet when, when Shelly get to singing and Belinda. And when Brother David get to playing, boy, I believe Jesus jumps up and said, that's my boy. And Miss Vicky got them ivory keys going up and down. Let me tell you, God loved the praises of his people. Right. Amen. And so you're going to hear enough of my mouth in a minute, but fix your eyes on Jesus, Amen. the author and finisher of our faith. We thank God that Christian went, she hid from us for two or three weeks and now she's back. And we thank God that he's given her a measure of grace to do what she has to do today and the rest of the week. Now, I want you to focus on Jesus now. I want you to understand who's with you. This morning, the Lord Jesus Christ showed up with Shauna, even though she said that preacher finally got my name right. <laughs> Jesus Christ is here, and our sister from Lake Butler, all the way from Lake Butler, amen? She come from the metropolis called Lake Butler, <laughs> amen? Because she know that Jesus Christ is her Lord, and she wants to fellowship with God's people. Our brother is originally, he's a Yankee from Massachusetts. Hey, man, you hear that? Tell them how old were you when the Lord saved you? What's that? How old were you when the Lord saved you? 35 years old. 35 and, years old. And, and I got saved at a little church smaller than this, okay? And uh, I told the pastor, don't ever ask me to tell anybody about Jesus. That's your job. That's what you get paid for. 
And then God broke my heart for souls. And I've never been the same again. And I don't want to change, okay? And, uh, nah. but we, we, we have a, we have a, uh, a great bond of fellowship. And that's Romans, uh, uh, 112. Yes. We have the fellowship of the Lord Jesus Christ. The minute we met each other, I wasn't white and he wasn't black. We were Jesus, okay? Okay. okay. Take that, Black Lives Matter. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> and, and, but, but the sweet thing is, and then I found out he's also military. And I'm 22 years retired Navy, okay? Right. And I, I praise you. I praise God for your service. I'm sorry you couldn't get in the Navy, but praise God anyway. <laughs> That's all right. We'll, get, we'll let you keep up out of cellar, man. I had uh, uh, 20 people make professions of faith in the last two days. But I had a 20. I had a 58-year-old black lady. And she was so so excited. I had to bring her up and let her meet Sammy. Okay, I was hoping you'd hug her because uh, um, I, I, it's I, I'm not big on hugging. Okay, and uh, and but anyway, she came up and she told she told Brother Sammy how uh, how excited she was and that she was saved and she had all the right answers and everything. Okay, how many got saved? I have no idea. I never say anybody's saved. I say they made professions of faith. All I give is the gospel. All I have is availability. I'll avail myself to God and let him take it from there. Did y'all hear that? And I watched this, and it's a blessing. I took a picture of it and posted it on Facebook yesterday, and I said, this is what salvation looks like at a Lodgewood County Fair. Wow, praise God. Amen. Amen. There's brothers sharing the gospel. And to God be the glory. Whatever head bow. Every head bowed, now we're locked in on heaven. Everybody. Father, we come to you now in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord God, there's none like you. Father, we all profess that you are God and God alone. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's by your love that you sent your only begotten Son here to die on the cross for our sins. Thank you for doing it, Father. Lord Jesus, had you not come, there would not be any salvation for mankind. We would all be eternally lost because we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Lord, through your blessedness, Lord, you came down here as one of us. You felt pain. You felt hunger. You felt lack. Lord, you even lived as a poor man so that even the poor can identify with you. And yet you was rich in glory. Lord, you humbled yourself. You humbled yourself so much, Lord, that you allowed men to place an old rugged cross upon you. And Lord, you were obedient even unto death, death on the cross. But Father, we are so glad that you highly exalted Jesus by giving him a name that's above every name. And that at the name of Jesus, come on church, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And Lord, we're so glad before you left 
You gave us the authority to use your holy name because there's power. Come on, church, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we love you. And today, Lord, by your spirit, we're going to hear from heaven. And Lord Jesus, we love you. And Lord, I'm going to move out of the way and ask your spirit to take control. And Father, we're praying for these United States, Lord that you will bring the blessing of salvation back to our country once again. Lord, bring your word, Lord God. Make your name known. Plant your name, Lord Jesus, in the White House and in the Black House. It doesn't matter, oh God. Allow the name of Jesus be sounded from the mountaintop and from the valley low, from the north to the south and from the east to the west. Let the name of Jesus be known. And so, Lord God, empower your people now by your spirit. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name we're praying. And Father, watch over Israel, the apple of your eye. Bless Jerusalem with your peace and your presence. And oh God, Lord, bring revival in our land. Not through destruction or calamity, but by your grace, oh God. Bring revival to our land. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Matthew chapter 24. Thank you, Sister Vicki. You played so wonderful. Matthew chapter 24. Folks, Matthew chapter 24 was written by the man of God, by the Spirit of God, for the sole purpose of letting you and I know what is yet to come. The Jews at this time did not understand the massive persecution that they were about to go through. They were already under Roman occupation. Us in these United States do not know what it means to be under occupation. We don't know what it means to be in slavery. We don't know what it means for people to take 80% of our income and give us the other 20% to live off of. Huh? Yeah, and we don't know what it's like to have our sons thrown into an army that they don't even believe in. Okay, because that's what the Romans were good about. They would go and conquer a country and they would take the strongest men of that country and put them into their military. That's why the Roman army was so, so powerful. If you look at Italy, it's not that big, but the army was huge because they knew how to take a vassal state. That means make them slaves and make them pay tribute. And this is what was going on in Israel. But yet one thing the Romans did not touch, and that was the temple. And they did not touch the Jewish people very much because the Jews believe in governing their own people. And Rome said, okay, if you're able to take care of your people, then we won't have to do it. And that's why they didn't bother the the, uh, religious leaders of Israel. This was one of the reasons why the, the leaders of Israel were so upset with Jesus is because they felt that the Romans was going to come and take their authority away from them. Because the people, Jesus was getting such a following from the people. Everywhere he went, he grew massive crowds. And they couldn't believe that when he spoke, things happened. Unlike the religious leaders, even some of the temple police came back and told them, "Uh, we never heard a man speak like this before. Because they were asking them, where is he? Why haven't you arrested him? 
And they're going, we never heard anyone speak like him before. He speaks with what? With authority. It's Jesus, everybody. It's Jesus. When Jesus speaks, things happen. And newsflash for you, even though he's back in heaven, Jesus is still speaking and things are still what? Happening. When Jesus speaks, things happen. Okay? And these 12 men understood that. These 12 apostles, these 12 disciples of Jesus Christ, sitting there after running out of the temple complex, they're back on the Mount of Olives, okay? Up there where the olive trees are, that's why it's called the Mount of Olives. And so they're sitting there, and they're really bragging. And we've already talked about the first portion of this. We're going to start in verse 4 today. And they're just so excited. And, and, And you know what, Deke? This tells me something that that, that kind of mentality have not changed in, in 2,000 years. Right. Let me tell you why, Mr. Day. I watch people consistently get excited over things of men. But when it comes to things of God, they don't get that excited. I watch people get, you know, go relentlessly. Hour after hour after hour doing things to bring fame to man. But when it comes to God, you can barely get him through the door on Sundays. I'm not picking on people. I'm speaking the truth. Amen. And now when we're here, sometimes the preacher has to prompt us to get up. Amen. Get up, clap your hands and shout amen and hallelujah and glory to God. Amen. And we still sit there like a knot on a log half the time and going, I'm not going to talk. I'm tired. But if you paid $100 for your concert ticket, you're going to waste that $100 and not shout when that entertainer sing? Uh-huh. Some of y'all get up there and do more than shouting. Well, hello. Football. <laughs> football games. But here, so the 12 came out and boy, they're excited because of the things of men. But when it comes to the things of God, they were shutting down. So the Lord Jesus Christ just told them something that they didn't want to hear. And little did these men know that in their lifetime, this prophecy will come to pass. And we're going to look at some stuff here that's really intertwined in the Old Testament. And it's very important that you listen to this because the statement that I said to you all earlier about the Temple Mount, where the United Nations said that the Jews have no connection to the Temple Mount. You you need to listen to the message today very, very carefully because this opens up a door to your understanding of what is going to come, what is going to happen. Because the Bible in the book of Ezekiel says there's going to be a third temple. Hello, somebody. And as we understand the word of God today from Daniel, the prophet Daniel, the man of God, we're going to see in Lord Jesus Christ himself, quotes Daniel. And what's about to be said in the word of God Let me encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to open your spiritual eyes so that you can see what's going on in the world today. And you will find out, Dick, that the ground, the soil has been prepared for these things to happen. The United Nations statement just only opened the door for these things to begin 
to happen. That's right. It's closed. Are you hearing me? That's why the Lord told me on that plane, preach the end times to my people. Get my people ready for my soon return. Folks, open your eyes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So here we are in Matthew chapter 24, we're at verse 4, and he's going to talk to you a little bit about tribulation. Boys and girls, let me have you settle down for a moment and hear the word of God. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceived you. We understood that there are a lot of liars out there. That's the easiest way to put it, right, Crystal? There are a lot of liars out there. And they're deceiving people for one reason. Right. It's not mine, it's your money. <laughs> from the fair. No matter what they talk about, it's about money. They don't care about the things of Christ. They only care about what? American greed. The American greed. This is American greed. This is the American dream. Okay? And let me tell you something. You better be listening right now. Put your spiritual ears on. And they're going to be coming with such a powerful and persuasive message that Jesus will tell us later on in the same context that even his elect, raise your hand if you're born again, raise your hand if you belong to Jesus, you've been born again, washed in the blood of the Lamb of God. You are God's elect. Jesus said that this person that's coming is going to be so persuasive that he's going to almost trip you up. And the only reason why that this person that's coming is not going to be able to trip you up is because the Holy Spirit living in you. Glory to God. He's called the spirit of truth and he's not going to live and buy into a lie. And he's the only one that's going to save God's people from these lies. Because those who have a form of godliness is not going to make it. They're going to be possessed by this demon spirit called the Antichrist. Oh yeah, he's on his way. But y'all hearing me? So Jesus, our Lord, is sitting there and he knows the future. Folks, he wrote the future. And he is revealing a little bit at a time to these disciples. And they had no idea that he was giving them the 21st century. Are you hearing me? Because people, if you don't think the Jews won't start World War III, you wait till the Muslims start tearing down the Welling Wall. believe Oh, you hear me? The United Nations just made a bad mistake by saying the Jews have no connection to the Temple Mount. That just told the Muslims that we can now tear down the Welling Wall and all of Jerusalem belongs to us. Do you know what's going to happen? Six million Jews are going to march on Jerusalem and they're going to defend the Temple Mount. And let me tell you, God said through the prophet Ezekiel that the temple will be rebuilt. Amen. 
And let me tell you, no devil in hell is going to stop the work of God. Are y'all hearing me? You better open your eyes. I know you all don't like the news. I know you don't like the newspaper. But you need to be reading. The apostle Paul says, redeem the time. What does that mean? Pay attention to what's going on around you. Not just here nationally, but what? Globally. God's people need to be informed, not misinformed. You get what's coming in the news and then you line it up with the word of God. And you see if it is true. Amen? Amen. That's good preaching. And so here Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name. That's been established, saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And we see that. A bunch of them have already been deceived. And you will hear wars and rumors of wars, folks. You haven't seen nothing yet. If I'm allowed to speak in that vernacular, these little skirmishes that are going on around the world, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about war and every nation on earth. Are y'all he hearing me? He's talking about wars in these United States. Wars in the north. Wars in the south, wars in the east, wars in the west, wars in the middle. Are you hearing me? Yeah. He's talking about rumors of wars, wars everywhere. Wars like you have never seen it before. And you wait until the world food supplies begin to diminish. You really think your neighbor is going to be friendly to you if he knows you got a T-bone steak in the freezer? A uh, grain of rice? A, a, a grain of corn somewhere because when a person barely starts meeting their backbone guess what takes in we call it survival of the fetus and when a survival of the fetus syndrome takes in or kicks in guess what happened a man will kill his own mom and dad for a spoon of food if you don't believe that the words that I'm speaking to you is true, go back and read the book of Jeremiah and find out what happened to the kingdom of Judah when Babylonians took siege to it. Mothers began to eat their own children. Hello. And this time, Lord Jesus said, there's something coming that's worse than any time ever before on earth. And if you are not prayed up and read up and walking in the spirit of God, you are going to miss out on how God is going to be directing your path to survivability. Because the Holy Ghost already got all the children of God marked around the world. Are you hearing me? The Holy Spirit already knows what he's going to do with us. And the first thing Lord Jesus tells you and I is let not your heart be. Troubled. You got it. And let me tell you something. That word trouble in the Greek means more than like if son, if he went outside and knocked over the bucket or something, you spank his butt. Oh, you're in a whole lot of trouble. I'm going to spank your bottom now. That's not the kind of trouble that's talking about. It's talking about trouble that brings fear to your heart and you can get no sleep because you're shaking. That's right. Hello. Yeah. That's what that means. Okay. 
And so the Lord Jesus Christ is telling you and I, let's go on down here a little bit further, that there's going to be kingdom rising against, uh, nation rising against nation, kingdom against kingdom. This little stuff that you see on, te on television is nothing compared to what is yet to come. Right. I know for a fact what it's like to be in combat. I've seen the firsthand experience. I know what it does to people. But let me tell you, when it's global and you can't run from it and you can't hide from it, what are you going to do? Uh-huh. You got to do more than pray, Sister Nelson. At that time, as God's people, you're going to have to stand still and take up the armor of God. And sometimes God will tell you, get some buckshot too. That's right. Hello. And you're going to have to be prepared to defend your family. You're going to be prepared to defend your land. And you're going to have to be prepared to defend one another as Christians. That's right. Are y'all hearing me? Amen. Oh, y'all thought this was going to be an easy message today, didn't you? And it says then there will be famines. We talked about the hunger. And how mothers going to be wanting to eat their kids. You're going to eat anything you can get a hold of. Y'all say, I don't eat snake. Oh, yes, you're going to. And Jake come your way and your belly's meeting your backbone. Guess what? Jake going to look mighty good to you. Hello. We're talking about survivability. You know what I'm talking about, right, Deke? When a person gets that hungry and the only thing you got to eat is rice or beans only. Yeah, that jackrabbit that you say you wouldn't eat or that coon that I ran over the other night that ran out in the road. Guess what? Roadkill don't look so bad after all. I didn't even, I didn't even eat grits. Come on. And that's the cheapest thing on the market, grits. Me too. And then it goes on to tell you and I pestilence. Once again, as I discussed with some of you all before, the, the CDC, Center for Disease Control, is saying there are old diseases coming back today yes. and they're manifesting themselves with vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. The old antibiotics and stuff that used to be able to take care of stuff like polio and TVs and all that isn't working anymore. There are new strands of this same disease out there. I heard a PhD guy talking about that worked for pharmaceutical, talking about antibiotics. And he said, there's some stuff out there now that are recognizing antibiotics and basically kicking antibiotics in the butts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then your body is saying, oh, I know you. I don't want you anymore. I want something new. So the antibiotics that you've been getting are not going to work anymore. Because your body recognizes, uh-oh, you didn't do nothing. don't want you anymore. Okay, he said a human body is a weird thing. But God is telling you and I to get ready. Right now, look at Haiti. Anybody ever thought that this country on the same island as the, what is it called, Dominican Republic? How is it that the same island, one half of it gets devastated consistently? Earthquake, hurricane. This one last one, Matthew hit uh, Haiti as what? As a category four or oh, five. Hundreds are still missing. They can't find their bodies. Malaria is running rapid. Do you know what that is? That means bad drinking water. Cholera. Cholera. Simple things like taking a little drop of bleach and putting it in water. We learned that in the military. 
Yeah. We'll purify five gallons of water. Am I right? Yeah, we, we, we did it in the uh, Dominican Republic. And, and it proved one drop of ble bleach will purify five gallons of water so you can drink it. Or you got to boil it for five minutes. Okay? Those kind of things, folks. The things that your babies take for granted. Oh, I don't want that toast. It got a little burn on it. The kids in Haiti would love to have it. Yeah. Hello. But you all haven't seen anything yet. Mr. and Mrs. Christian and little Mrs. and, Ms. and Mr. Christians, listen to me. Tough times are on its way. And you're going to see it in your day. Hello. And folks, let me tell you, and listen to me carefully. It has nothing to do with who goes in the White House. That's right. It has everything to do with biblical prophecy. That's right. Come on, preach it. That's the word of God. Yeah. God said these things will happen, not man. Amen. Why? Because man has sinned against God, and God is going to begin purging the human race. When you read in the book of Revelation, Listen to me again very carefully. These things are already lined up in heaven. Are you hearing me? The trumpets, the vows, the bowls, the judgments, they're already lined up in heaven. Those angels are just waiting on Jesus to give the command. And guess what's going to happen? And the first ones are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And one of the first ones that's riding is famine. That means you're not going to be able to get the food you want for your family. The big old trucks that you like seeing going up to Winn-Dixie are going to stop running. Say whatever you want. And then it said earthquakes in various places. People, we see earthquakes happening all over the place. Let's go on. He said, but these are all the beginning of sorrows. What's that? Another word for sorrows here are birth pains. Every one of you mamas here know what that means. And us guys, we don't understand that. Amen? But can you imagine, and I'm glad we don't, but can you imagine things that are so devastating that they would even make birth pains look like a bag of cotton candy? Mamas. And they're going, uh-uh, ain't nothing that bad. Oh, yes it is. Okay? Let's move on. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. People, some of the, the, the fictional movies out there about the end times, and they give you a little bit of truth, but don't bank on them. Bank on the word of God. Okay? But one thing they do show you and I, that mamas and daddies who are not saved are going to be ratting out their children who are saved. And non-saved children are going to be ratting out their saved parents. What does that mean? They're going to tell the authorities, that's a Christian. That's a Christian. Men will do anything to save their own hide. We see it all the time. We've seen it in the military. Guys selling out their country. Yeah. 
Okay? And you, you, Mr. Dave, seen it in law enforcement. Drug dealers selling out each other to save their what? Their hides. But guess, guess what, though? It's for the sole purpose. The final analysis here is so that you can be killed. Are you hearing me? That's what Jesus is telling these men. He said, listen, they're going to round you up. And if you study the history of all the apostles, every last one of them was killed except one. And his name is John. John was the only apostle who were not killed. And they met horrible deaths. Did y'all hear me? John, John was boiled in the oil, but they pulled him out before it took his life. And he was a formed old man on the island of Patmos. But Jesus Christ never left him. Did not abandon his son. And so, look at it. And you will be killed and, and you will be hated by all nations. All of a sudden, you wonder why your neighbors acting funny towards you or the people on the job. They're not acting funny against you per se. They're acting funny against you because Jesus who lives in you. You are no longer going to have the favor of man in your corner. When you boldly pronounce Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you live according to the word in which you're professing, people are going to begin to hate you. And they're going to hate you with a deep hatred. None of us have never experienced that. I've been cussed out a few times. That's about it. I had a couple of jokers get in my face and I said, back up, boy. And that's about it. But nothing like this. Are you all hearing me? And the Lord God goes on to tell us in verse 10, and, and then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Again, we've seen nothing like this before. Uh, I want to bring up something that I, I told Brother Richard the other day at the fair. One of the ladies who told him that she was 100% sure that she was going to heaven. And I said to him, Brother Richard, are you aware that she's a psychic reader? That's what her booth was. <laughs> a psychic reader saying that she's going to heaven. Is she confused or is she confused? Is she deceived or is she deceived? Yeah. Because if you go back in the book of Deuteronomy, God said of such people do what? Put them out the what? Put them out the land. Same thing on the King Saul. If you know the story of King Saul, that's one of the things that got him in trouble when he found the witch of Endor. And she called up for me in the spirit of who? Samuel. And when the woman realized that it was King Saul dressed in the disguise and she screamed out, she said, you have tricked me. Folks, a medium, a necromancer, 
Any of those folks that call up people from the dead or spiritists, God says, have nothing to do with them. Right. Amen. Hey, give them the word. <laughs> Amen. You can give them the word of God, but then move on. If they don't repent and turn to Jesus, move on. Right. Amen. In fact, the Apostle Paul said, those who come at you with a false doctrine don't even have anything to do with them. John does too. John said, don't even let them in your house and don't even bid them farewell. Have nothing to do with folks that come with false doctrines. Someone in here experienced that before. We've seen that face to face. And let me tell you, God is God wants his people pure. Amen? Amen. Let's move on. So all these false prophets are going to come in lawless, lawlessness. And the Greek word there is onama, living like there is no law. Yesterday I looked at, uh, let me just shut up. Let me go on. He said, and the love of many will grow cold. We talked about that before. And times are changing. And, and I, I share it with some folks. I said, you know what? These young people are so rude. It used to be a time when you would say, hey, may I share the gospel with you? Or would you like a Bible? People, even though they didn't want to, said, no, thank you. I seen them totally rude to him the last two days. I seen it totally rude to the Gideons out there passing out Bibles. I mean, just nasty rude. The time, the days where that an older person would have said, but come back here and slap him side the head and say, what's wrong with you two and that adult like that? Now, and get away with it. And get away with it because when the mama found out about it and daddy, said, you did what? And then they'll get their butt tore when they got home. Amen? Amen. But anyway, and here in verse 14, uh, let me go back to verse 13. It says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Folks, why did Lord Jesus have Matthew to put that statement in there? But he who endures to the end shall be saved. That means that when people start going skin for skin. Do you remember what Satan told God about Job? He said, oh, if you take all his riches and stuff, he'll curse you. Right? God proved them wrong. But then Satan came back and said, oh, but if you do what? What did it say, Junior? If you go skin for skin. Otherwise, if you put your hands on him, then he will curse you to your face. And you know what happened? God said, go do it, but spare his life. And sure enough, Satan struck Job with boils from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. And a man was in so much pain. But Jesus said, we got to be a modern day Job. We must endure to the end. Well, what does that mean? You can't quit on Jesus. Right. Even though your body is hurting, don't give up on Jesus. Tell me about it. Amen? Amen. I saw this brother hurting. I even prayed for him. Then you know what? He came back the next day. I said, oh boy, look at that. 
and he's here today and going back again. And so am I. And you know what? It's amazing that he sees something greater than the pain than what he's, he's suffering. He see the glory of Christ coming upon people and he's watching the Holy Ghost transform people's lives right in his presence. We see a sinner becoming a son. Amen. Our daughter. We see someone that's defiled before God being cleaned up by the spirit of the living God and washed in the blood of the lamb. Let me tell you something. That's the kind of tenacity God says that his people must have. You can't give up because somebody talk about your mama. They talk about your brother. They talk about your sister. They talk about your wife. Oh, Lord, no, they talked about my wife and they talked about me. I, uh, let me tell you a funny story real quick. A second tour in Germany. I was in charge of all the military police and the death operations and things. And I had stepped out. I don't know what. I was a staff sergeant at the time. And my wife had gone in the area by where the desk sergeant was. And there was a microwave there. She went there to pop some popcorn. But this particular desk sergeant didn't know she was my wife. <laughs> so he started bad-mouthing about me to another soldier. Because I made him do the job. I was strictly by the book. And they, he didn't know that Miss Nelson was standing at the microwave. And when he got to running his mouth about me, my wife in turn said, what did you say about my husband? Uh -oh. <laughs> you should have seen him. That black boy turned white. <laughs> and he came to me. He found me and told me what happened. <laughs> and one of my female sergeants came and told me. She was falling down laughing. She said, Miss Nelson got him. Miss Belinda got his butt. <laughs> but where was I going with that? People talk about us. People, we were out to endure. That's right. <laughs> but you got to hang in there, even when it's hurting, okay? Even when your husband don't understand, right, sweet? You got to do what God has placed on your heart. And God will deal with the husband. Amen? If he's godly, he'll line him up with it, or the wife. He'll line him up with the spirit so that things can be done in decency and order. Amen? Amen. Because it's all about who? God. All about God and his son Jesus. That's what this whole text is about. Jesus is sitting there preparing a people that's going to hang in there to the end. We know one of them going to betray him. Well, that's already been fixed in heaven, right? Yeah. They've been told hundreds of years before it happened that there would be one that lift his heel against me. That was a prophecy about Judas. Yeah. Okay? What time is it? Oh, it's just now 11 o'clock. Okay, good. Wow. <laughs> Say, back you hear him back there? They're crying already. <laughs> look, look, holding up their cell phone. My Lord, help you. I'm a, look here, I've just been bragging on you all about this, brother, and look what you're doing to your pastor. <laughs> Verse 15. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, Whoever reads, let him understand. Folks, let me tell you something. In Israel, at this time, the third temple has now been built. You mean God moved some stuff out the way so it can happen? You betcha. Yeah. The temple has been 
set aside, consecrated for God. And now guess who else is on the scene? The Antichrist. And the Antichrist has got into a pact with Israel. And he made peace with Israel somehow to in order to allow the Jews to let him go into the temple. And somehow this manifestation of Satan in human form has now walked in the temple. And this time, everybody, he turned against all the Jews. And it turns against all Christians. Listen to me carefully. I want your attention on this. I may not live to see this part, but you may. You may. Listen to me carefully. This defiled person is going to be so spiritually nasty that he's going to defile the very temple of the living God. The Bible tells you the abomination of desolation is when this person walks into the temple of God and sits down and says, I am God. Uh-oh. And you know what the Jews going to do? Because they're going to know better. And every Holy Ghost filled believer is also going to what? Know better. But those who are teeter-tarting on the edge will be deceived. Are you listening to me? You cannot play church with God. Either you are the church of Jesus Christ, a member of his body, or you are not. And on that day, the true believers will stand out. Are you hearing me? John didn't know that in his day, the church would have to go underground. But it did. The Apostle John. The church had to go underground because in his latter years, the church became illegal. Illegal. It was illegal to be a Christian. When the temple got torn down, they thought, oh, all this prophecy had been fulfilled. No, it hasn't. The abomination of desolation has not taken place. And it's all saying, you all haven't seen nothing yet. And folks, there's another thing that the Holy Ghost brought to my attention the other day. No one in the world had ever dealt with demons like Jesus did. The entire nation of Israel was blinded to these spiritual forces. And when Jesus came on the scene, he is the first one to expose them. And he was the first one that they actually talked back and forth. And men heard demons talking to the Son of God. 
And these apostles were watching and they were blown away. They watched Jesus talk to the man called the demoniac that had 6,000 demons in him. They watched the conversation took place. Jesus deliberately took them upon that hill at that graveside at night and faced this man that was demon possessed. Jesus deliberately did it so that they can watch and learn. Amen. And that there's no fear to be had when messing with demon spirit. Because you got the spirit of God in you. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. Amen. And so you're going to experience, listen to me now. You're going to experience a demonic manifestation like you never experienced before. These United States have no idea what it's going to be like when thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people demon possess. Christians, get ready. And you must be rooted and grounded in the Holy Ghost and in the Word of God. Maurice Nelson, get ready. Because they're headed your way. Get ready, Arve. Get ready, Crystal. You're going to see him in the hospital with you. Amen. And you're going to see him in the grocery store and in the malls and on your job. Amen. 21st century church is blind to this. When the Son of God came 2,000 years ago, Israel was blind to it. And he opened their eyes to the truth. That there's another world out there. There's another army out there. That's not the army of God. And has been on destroying you. So you can think this is a joke all you want to. And like some of the Baptists, especially Southern Baptists, like to play with and laugh. <laughs> they think there's a demon behind every tree. Yes, there is. The demon force way outnumbered the human race. And don't ever let anybody tell you differently. That's right. The abomination of desolation means that this demon, this chief demon in a human, if he's present on earth, who do you think else is present on earth? Jesus. The rest of them. So y'all hear me now. So even a teenager like Emma, 16 years old, must be able to say, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. I'm not a teenager. Because there's power in the name of who? Jesus. And folks, you don't know where you're going to encounter them. Are y'all hearing me? When this thing come on the scene, it's going to be a mess on this planet. Amen. Right now, the Holy Ghost is holding them at bay. Are you hearing me? Paul says that. He said right now that the restrainer is holding them at bay. That's what Paul called the, one of the names of the Holy Spirit, restrainer, right? So he's holding, holding these things back. But then God's going to tell the Holy Spirit, 
Step back. Just as the fullness of time for God to bring forth his son, God going to step out the way and guess what Satan going to do? He's going to bring forth his son. And that's who the Antichrist is. His son. Paul calls him the son of perdition. In other words, the son of destruction. Who stands in the place of of desolation and abomination in the temple. And you read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul said he's going to do some defilement out of this world. And you Christians, all of us need to know this. This person is going to be appear to be a man of peace. Yeah, that's right. What does that mean then? If he's going to appear as a man of peace, that means the whole earth is going to be in chaos. And he's going to be the so-called ambassador of peace. And he's going to be able to persuade people, national leaders, listen to me. In order to gain their favor. And once he gained their favor, guess what? That's when he's going to begin to destroy them. Are you hearing me? He's not called a son of perdition for nothing. Amen. Amen. Are y'all listening? Is this, is this kind of preaching okay for you? You need to know these things. Okay? As we're getting ready to close out here shortly. He said, then let those who are in the, excuse me, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Uh, that's a huge statement. Let's see, again, people in the Western world in our time, when we read a statement like that, we don't put much attention to it because to us, it really didn't mean anything. So somebody going to run to the mountains, right? Okay. Let's have a class on it. These mountains are called Petra. And Petra is in modern day Jordan. And it's going to be a safe haven for Jews. Jesus said on this day, when things get so hot, when people are going to be at the very door of your house to kill you, he's going to tell you, run. Run to the mountains. Flee, Mr. and Mrs. Judean. Flee to the mountains to save your life. And things are going to be happening so fast and on such a large scale, you're not going to be able to run and hide nowhere near. When I was in Desert Storm, in fact, long before we got there, we were trained on a thing called cordon search. I don't know if you're familiar with the term. Cordon search takes place, you may have heard of it, being law enforcement, I'm not so sure. It is when we take and we block off a certain amount of territory. And it's kind of like what uh, Genghis Khan used to do. He sets aside a large... Huh? A large bunch of land, and he surrounds that land. Okay? He's surrounded with armies, and then they close in on it. 
And they, once they driven everything into the center, they would kill everything in it. There's no escape. That's what Genghis Khan used to do. We took that same concept and we would set off what we call grid squares. That's 1,000 meters by 1,000 meters. Now on all four sides, 1,000 this way, 1,000 coming down, 1,000 this way, okay? And we would search every house and we would take every male from the age 10 years old and up out of that house. And we will process them through our enemy prisoner war camps until we determine their status, okay? Whether they're a refugee or they're enemy prisoner of war, or a soldier, a combatant. And that's what we would do. We end up catching some uh, Republican guards that way that was trying to escape in a white car with the uniforms in the trunk. Sergeant Campbell, them called them. Anyway, uh, this is what's going to be taking place. The enemy is going to be closing in on the people of God. And folks, listen to what Jesus says, okay? How many of y'all like your Gucci bags? A Louis Vuitton, whatever they call them. What, I, what is the name of these fancy things? Y'all know y'all like these fancy handbags, ladies. Okay, coach, whatever. Y'all like to put stuff in them and drag them all over the place like crocosacks. <laughs> and so listen what Jesus says now. Listen now. Listen what he says. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who's on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. That means in, in the Jewish days, they kept a part of the house on top of the house where it would be cool up there. They would sleep up there at night. And, and Jesus says, whenever this thing happens, you that's on top of the house, you're not going to have time to go get down and go inside the house. He said, why? Because you're going to have to get out of town. You're going to have to boogie. Are y'all hearing me? And, and the other analogy, it's some pretty cool stuff here the Lord has given us. Then he goes on to tell us, and let him who's in the field not go back to get his clothes. That means if you're a farmer out there farming, when this, when this, when these attacks begin to happen, you're gonna have to hit the road from, from the fields. You're gonna have to run, Shelly. Wherever you are, what he's saying. Whenever these attacks occur, because they're going to occur on a massive scale around the world, these are going to be preempted attacks by the enemy, the enemy of God, to destroy the people of God. And Jesus says, when this happened, Sharon, you're not going to have time to go home and pack a bag for your babies. That means just as you are, you're going to have to hit the road. Okay? That means you're going to have to have a pre-plan of escape. When this thing hit, I know right now some Jewish brothers, some Messianic Jews right now are already planning some escape routes and even sewing aside certain elements so that they can survive. I know this for a fact. You know my mom texted me the other day out of the blue, prepared to flee to the mountains and the Okay? And people, this is no joke. So you're not going to be able to go in the house and get in the clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant. 
And to those who are nursing babes in those days, why? It's going to be hard for you to go home and pack formula. You're pregnant, you can't run very fast. But the Lord said, woe to you. When that day happens, you're going to have to move out. You're going to have to take that baby, move out in order to save you and that child's life. Okay? You're going to have to go just as you are. Everybody understanding this? Even the children, y'all understand? You got to run. Run for your life. When these things happen. And then he goes on to tell you now, and pray that your fight may not be in the winter. When it's cold and you can't go inside to get clothes, what's going to happen? You're going to freeze to death. So he said, I pray that these attacks don't occur in the winter. Then he also go, he said, and pray that it doesn't happen on the Sabbath. You being a Jew know that what happens on the Sabbath? Everything what? Shuts down. And you can't run away. You're going to have to stay put. And you don't think the enemy is not paying attention to that? Why do you think the United States waited to attack the Iraqis during Desert Storm in the winter months? We waited to attack them in January because it was the coolest time in the desert. If we would have started attacking the Iraqis in August, do you know what happened to our army? We'd have lost over half our army to heat stroke. Because our equipment is, does not cool. And carrying a 120 pound sack full of ammunition and you already got that body armor on and carrying the weapons already loaded. And that when that battle starts, guess what's going to eventually happen to you? <sighs> and when you go down with heat exhaustion, guess what the enemy going to do? That's why our, our generals waited until January. And I'm going, Saddam, show dumb. He did not figure that one out. Because when January came, guess what happened? The bombs started falling. And in February, we went across the border. That's ground troops. And it was on then. And the Iraqis ran, but they couldn't hide. He said he ran away. And so, as we close out this part, and we're going to pick back up again the Lord's willing next week. You, are y'all understanding what Jesus is preparing these men for? Yes. Have we really sat down and thought about this stuff? Where he sat there on the Mount of Olives and he's teaching these men this? And, and this is new for them. Israel have been used to occupation, but they've never seen anything of this magnitude. And they're watching and they're listening. And the Lord Jesus Christ not only telling them to be prepared, but to do what? Prepare the people. Amen? So hope it is not only in winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world unto this day, no nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. Other words, unless God put a stop to these attacks, all mankind will be wiped out. 
folks, none of us have ever had rockets exploding in our backyard. It's coming. None of us had, well, one of us at least, drove me through a hell of bullets. And let me tell you, that's a frightening thing. When I was going through that, I was not thinking about Miss Nelson and my two babies back home. You know what I was thinking about? Lord, am I going to make it the next five seconds? That's what I was thinking. In fact, I probably wanted to pee on myself, pardon the expression. But when you're scared, hey, you're laughing. But let me tell you something. When there are explosions all around you and you don't know if you're going to live to get the next 10 yards away, guess what? That's a horrible feeling to have. Find a hole and crawl in. Yes, sir. You're going to have a ship with the enemy ship approaching. Well, you can do And I'm, I'm telling you, folks, I know this feeling. You are going to know this feeling. Keep living for Jesus. That's why he's telling us this. Unless God shortened these attacks, no human will be spared. So we're close out there. And we'll pick up on verse 23 next week, the Lord's willing. This must be preached to you. You need to know what's in store for mankind. Amen. And this is no joke. And these two candidates that's running, they don't realize that they, they are not going to create the future. The future has already been written. They're just pawns that's going to be used to carry out the future. And here, hear me carefully. All we can do is pray for the mercy and the grace of God. Because the Father said and the Son said these things are going to happen. It doesn't matter who's in the White House, and it doesn't matter who's in the United Nations. These things are going to happen. I want God's people to stop being misinformed. Oh, Hillary, she's going to bring in World War III. No, she's not. Donald Trump going to bring in World War III. No, he's not. Biblical prophecy is going to happen with or without them. That's right. Amen. Amen. Okay? It is imminent. These things are going to happen. And you might as well get ready. Stop listening to these false preachers saying we can pray and turn this around. God is not changing his mind. These things are going to happen. So we need to be busy about doing what he told us in verse 14. This gospel, gospel of the kingdom must be preached in all the earth to every nation. Then the end will come. That's what he said do. Our job is not to focus on the destruction of the world. Our job is to focus on the lost souls for Jesus. That's our role 
in all of this. Amen? Amen. Amen. And yes, some of us will be killed. I'm not preaching you a feel-good gospel. I'm preaching you the truth. Yes, there will be Christians that will be killed. And what the Lord says, he who endures to the end shall be saved. He's not talking about your physical body. He's talking about your soul. Don't quit on him. Even though you may have to bury your baby and keep running. Amen? Or your wife or your husband or your son. Or somebody may bury you. Don't quit. Amen? Amen. Every head bow, Miss Vicki. Brother, is there anything you want to say, Brother Richard? Um, no. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord over all the earth. Not just heaven, but all the earth and all creation. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has laid out history. Okay? He knows exactly what he's going to do, and he knows what he's doing. <coughs> Fix our eyes upon Jesus. Okay? That's what's important here. It's all about him. Because all of this is designed for one reason. There, there is an end note here. And that end note is the glory of Christ coming in the clouds. Do you hear me? Yes, sir. His glory is going to destroy the enemy when he comes in. That darkness is going to be vanquished. Amen? Amen. Amen. The two-edged sword out of his mouth is the authority and power of God. When Jesus speaks, it happens. Amen? Amen? And he's coming with the armies of heaven. That's why he told Joshua. He said, I'm the commander of the armies of heaven. And when he comes back, every angel shall be with him. Glory. Amen? Glory to God. And through that, the Lord Jesus Christ already knows those who are his. And his angels will grab him. He's going to tell us in the next sermon. He says he's going to send his angels to gather his elect from the four winds. Right. Amen? Amen? We don't have anything to worry about. What does that tell you and I? Now I have a different perspective than what I preach all in Revelation. This gospel tells us we're going to be here. And he's going to send his angels to do what? To get us. There's going to be church down here, baby. So until that day, every head bow, COVID put the Bible down, baby. Lord Jesus loves you. And let me ask you something. Have you truly given your life to Jesus? Or have you been playing church? Because if you're playing church with God, God can't help you. But if you truly belong to Jesus, Jesus will help you. This is very important, boys and girls, young people. 
Lord Jesus Christ loves you and he loves me. When he went into hell and he came out, he defeated them. They couldn't hold his body down. And he came out victoriously under the power of God by the Holy Ghost. And he came out never to die again. Is this same Jesus your Lord? Is this the same Jesus that you're trusting in? Or are you trusting in an imaginary Jesus that will give you everything you want? Because this is the Son of God whom God raised from the dead. If this Jesus is your Lord, tell him thank you. Come on, everybody. Say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, you can do better than that. Thank you, Jesus. Because he's our Lord, and he is victorious. And he knows all that's going to happen. He's already laid it out. But he also has prepared a place for you and for me. Okay? And so every head bowed. Now, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for your living word. We thank you for the victory of Jesus on the cross. And we thank you for the victory of Jesus over Satan and all of his armies. And Lord Jesus, we're so glad that by your blood, you saved us. You redeemed us, Lord. And you wrote our names in your Lamb's book of life. Today, Lord, will you give your people courage and let them know that everything is all right, even though destruction is going to be all around us and it may even happen to us. But yet, his peace, your peace, you leave with us. And Lord, we love you and we praise you. Thank you, Lord, for the works that you've already done here and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray, Father. Amen. Amen.